0: Collar is here, Mr. Purple Insider. Check out Purple Insider. Great content all year long. We'll talk Vikings second segment. We'll start with the playoffs. Let me start by tipping my cap to you. I suggested the Dallas Cowboys would roll over the Green Bay Packers, and you said, oh, contraire. I think the Packers are going to win. They not only won, they crushed them. They crushed them. So take your bow, and then also try to explain to me why Mike McCarthy still is the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys.
1: Yeah, we won't talk about any other games that I may have picked wrong, so we'll (laughs) just focus on the one that I absolutely nailed, and uh, congratulations to me. You know, it's a a funny thing, like pressure in sports, right? Uh, I think we don't appreciate maybe enough how much pressure someone like LeBron James is under all the time to win championships and how that might impact the person. And I think that's the entire Dallas Cowboys organization. Their owner talks after games all the time. The Cowboys fans have dealt with a lot of losing, which I know nobody cries any tears for at all. No, nope. But every year, the regular season does not matter. It doesn't matter who you blow out doesn't matter who you beat. doesn't matter how good it was. The only thing that matters is what you do in the playoffs at that point. They have actually been a victim of their own regular season success because under Jason Garrett, they'd win like 10 games, and nobody would be like, okay, well, they're just mediocre. But they have the number one offense in the league, and they won 12 games, and they had some crazy home winning streak, and then they just come out, and you could see it right from the start of the game. Normally with NFL teams, it's not like that, right? Like the pressure just gets to them. But by the first three and out, C.D. Lamb is freaking out on the sideline. Like, what is going on here? And I think with them and Philadelphia, pressure really played a big role in that. The other thing, too, is the reason I picked the Packers wasn't exactly that I thought they would melt down. It was more that I think the Packers are the best 9-8 and team I have ever seen because their season breaks into two parts, before and after love. I mean, the first eight games, he's mediocre. He's stumbling around a little bit. He's trying to find his footing. And then thanks to the Minnesota Vikings somehow, right after that game, it all came together for Jordan Love. And he's played like a top five quarterback in the entire NFL since week eight. And they're also, their defense got things turned around as well. So it was a much closer battle than it looked like on paper, including the entire regular season. But I still think that Dallas was probably the better overall team in their environment and they just lost their minds, and we do have to actually have a conversation. I don't like Choker and stuff like that, but about Dak Prescott, because he came out mm-hmm. through two interceptions, and that's probably a ball game if he doesn't throw two really ugly, terrible, terrible
0: interceptions. just terrible interceptions. Yep. I And then on McCarthy, it's funny the guy's legacy, because just win-loss-wise, I mean, very, very impressive, and he Won a Super Bowl early on in a Packer year when they had so many injuries and they were pretty young, maybe not as young as this team, but awfully young. And then they had so many years in Green Bay, where, which were kind of like this year in Dallas, where you expected a lot and it didn't happen. I just thought, not just Jerry, but that everybody would just say, this has happened enough with this regime. We just can't come back with the same leadership because they're not getting rid of Dak. Dak's coming back. CD's coming back. Parsons is coming back. Diggs will be back healthy. I just thought it was an automatic that they would bring in a different coach and it'd be some huge name again.
1: So, what's really interesting about Mike McCarthy is that he and Sean Payton are basically the same guy, except for Sean Payton is a worse guy. And yeah. <laughs> so they have the same. They have the same exact winning percentage, like sixty-two percent, which is one of the top twenty ever. Same exact yeah. for their history. They also have had a million insane meltdowns in the playoffs. Whether yes. it was two thousand eleven losing to San Francisco at the end of the game, or whether it was Minneapolis Miracle, or Kyle Rudolph's non-push off, or if it was Jared Cook's fumble or the pass interference that they didn't call. Like that's the same stuff that's happened. To Dallas or uh, under McCarthy, but even Green Bay, yes. like, Seattle getting an onside yep. kick, like right. there's so many. How about uh, you know the what was it like a bad a blocked punt or something? Yep. Or was that no, that was Matt Lafleur. It was the, the that was uh, Lafleur. Yeah, you're punt. right. But, yeah, yeah. But, That's but there were a lot of those yep. weird like weird playoff wins. Oh, there was uh, the time that Colin Kaepernick went crazy because they didn't know how to stop his running and no one had seen it before. Like there's always these kind of weird things that have happened, and yet tons of regular season success. But somehow we think of Sean Payton as being better than McCarthy. And, I mean, if you're if you're Mike McCarthy, you go to Jerry Jones, you go, what do you want me to do? I had the number one offense, and I trotted our offense out and our quarterback threw two terrible interceptions. And, by the way, Dan Quinn, what a lucky guy that Mike McCarthy is everybody's favorite punching bag. Yeah, Their defense was right. horrific, you're... horrific. Yes. They couldn't stop anything. They got out-schemed. So, I don't know. I kind of thought, like, these things happen, but – where do you go from there? How do you have a better regular season than this year? You know, it reminds me of – this is a big throwback, but you and I are old enough. It reminds me of the Houston Oilers with Warren Moon. They were yes. always great, regular season, one. and then crazy stuff happened to them in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean,
0: in this town, some might say Denny. You know, Denny kept doing the, the one and outs, mm. but the the Vikings were never great during right. that era until Moss. They were good. Right. They'd, you know, they'd, they'd, they'd win the division or get in as a wild card, and they kept losing – But they weren't lauded. They weren't number one seeds until you know Moss joined them. So now we get Green Bay and San Francisco. And I was about to say, is it a mandate that Green Bay and San Francisco have to meet every playoffs? (laughs) But apparently, they haven't met every playoffs. But they have met now five times since two thousand and twelve. Ten times overall. Outside of when the Ravens ventured out to Santa Clara and just kicked the 49ers backside, the 49ers have been an awfully dominant team all year. Can Green
1: Bay do it again? By the way, do so you mean that Green Bay and San Francisco have more playoff matchups than the Vikings do playoff games since Brett Favre was here. That's an interesting yes. statistic. Yeah, that is. are yeah. right. Yep. That's uh, that's something. But sure, maybe you're very me mean. Back. I mean, that's a very mean
0: of you. I mean, Harrigan hey, yeah. isn't that very mean, Mister Buffalo? That yeah, was tough. Yeah, I mean, it's
1: accurate. Well, uh, go it's shovel B- out Buffalo, your stadium. <laughs> Buffalo has more division titles since. Uh, okay, that's excessive. Oh, that's... I can go on. I've got them yeah. all. The, yeah. the Houston Texans, the Houston Texans have doubled the Vikings' playoff wins since <laughs> Brett Favre. I've got these all day. I've had time. <laughs> You know, I've had times, I'm not covering the playoffs. But anyway, yes. uh, the, uh, this game in particular I think is probably where the buck stops for the Packers, specifically because of the defense. I mean, Joe Barry turned it around toward the end, and it was impressive. But this 49ers team is an absolute juggernaut, and their best player, and consider how many great players they have. Christian McCaffrey is healthy after two weeks of sitting and I have to imagine that they're just going to struggle. They're not a good run stopping defense to begin with. He is the best running back in the entire NFL. Uh, they have superstars all over the field. Uh, Rashawn Gary could be taken out of the game by Trent Williams. I mean, Ed, we also know this about Brock Purdy that, you know, he got hurt, of course, last year against Philly, but his first playoff game, he's already been there and uh, he was amazing and won, which, by the way, Brock Purdy has more home playoff wins than Kirk Cousins in his career. And this is only his second (laughs) year starting. Um, Anyhow, uh, so I think that that, the team is just an absolute juggernaut. And Jordan Love got away with some amazing throws last week. He gets all the credit. He deserves it. Vikings fans should be terrified. I think he's completely legit. But this 49ers defense is serious on the defensive line. He's going to be facing pressure all day. I think this is a really... Really tough one for the Packers to see them winning.
0: Let's uh, pause. We'll talk about this. What is the scenario, of Dave Harrigan, where if Matthew Collar were still in Buffalo, where he's shoveling that stadium out, where he <laughs> is there vigorously shoveling out that stadium like the other sheep, like the other folks? I can help the Bills. This will help the Bills win. Let me grab my shovel. What's the scenario where Collar would do that and his Kirk Cousins now destined for Atlanta? More with Mr. Purple Insider. Track it down. I'm looking at it right now. It's so easy to get to. PurpleinsiderSubstack.com. More with Collar in moments. February 13th, Madonna. Is she at the X? Is that where she is? Yes. She's at the X. Caller, I call you February 13th at uh, 4 o'clock. I say, Collar, mm-hmm. uh, two tickets have popped up. Grab Sloan. I've got somebody. We're going to Madonna. Your excitement level is
1: what? Uh, you know, I'm a little bit. We were just talking about how you know being old and referencing the Houston Oilers, but not quite old enough to have been there for Madonna's explosion. So she was kind of the the, the most thing I remember Madonna for is dating Dennis Rodman and like the discussion there. But I, I can't say that I've listened to a lot of music. At the same time, uh, a great show is a great show. Yeah. You know, uh, Sloane Sloan is a big Taylor Swift fan. And I am kind of lukewarm, but I went to the show, and it was amazing. So, yeah, I would go. I'd be like, I would say like 8 out of 10. I'm in. Let's do it.
0: I would do it, too. Uh, You're living in Buffalo right now. You're not involved in football. uh, You love football, but you know what you are? You're an accountant. You're an accountant, and you're successful, but you wish you were involved in football. But you're living in Buffalo. Sloan is with you. And the Bills need the stadium shoveled out. How old are you now? Remind me your age right
1: now. Uh, 37.
0: 37 37-year-old Matthew Collar. Is he at, let's just call it, Rich Stadium? Let's go with the original Rich Stadium. Is Collar out there shoveling said stadium?
1: Forever Rich Stadium and nothing else. Uh, Yeah, and uh, just by the way, that's a hypothetical. I still live here and and doing football. That's why I'm on the show. But... Uh if I was a if I was not doing this cuz I was going to say when you asked about like what what circumstances I'd be like oh it might be an interesting article to go shovel no, with people No you're an accountant
0: in about, Buffalo it, huh? nothing to do with football you're an accountant in Buffalo who wishes he was involved in mm-hmm. football So are so you this,
2: Yeah
1: It's a hard thing to explain to people how different the culture is in Buffalo versus Minnesota. In Minnesota...
0: Another cheap shot of Minnesota coming.
1: No, no, no. Uh, When a team isn't doing well, people just do something else. So if the Twins aren't doing well, you go to the fair. Or if the Vikings aren't doing well, you just go to your lake house or whatever in the fall and, and take pictures or something. Everything in Buffalo take is the pictures. Buffalo Bills. I mean, I like
0: that. You go to your other house just do. to take pictures.
1: I don't, I don't have a lake house. So Whatever people do in the fall around here, I'm always at the football stadium. But yeah. the point is that there's lots of – it's a little different. And I'm not saying it's different. It's like the, the passion is still there. Yeah. But that is the center, the heartbeat, the entire soul of, of the Buffalo area. So that's what area. you're
0: saying in Buffalo, Dave. You try to help me out. I think Matthew's saying they have nothing else to do. I mean there's that's nothing right. else to do is what he's saying.
1: Yeah, go to the game, jump on a couple tables, eat some wings. That's Buffalo. That's it, right? I I mean, look, that's the it's just the facts are facts, okay? <laughs> like it's the it is the centerpiece <laughs> okay. it is the centerpiece of that city and I don't mean it as an insult, I really mean it as <laughs> to say that in some ways we can't fathom that uh, in Minnesota, but it's like that's that's how those people are. It is like absolute blood and guts Buffalo Bills there. So I'm not surprised that people would show up with their shovels. It wouldn't necessarily be me, but, uh, you know, I'm not shocked. Kirk
0: Cousins, and an interview, is is drawing a fair amount of reaction here. Uh, Let's start with his answer, and then we get to even more on Bill Belichick. I want to get your reaction to this, which is causing a lot of Vikings fans, I think, to, to tear up their Kirk Cousins posters. He's dead to us. I never loved him on quarterback. Put your shirt on. Here's the soundbite.
2: Yeah, great respect for him as a coach. Um, like everyone else in pro football. I mean, if you go to that many Super Bowls, win that many Super Bowls, go to that many conference championship games, um, you know, have the defensive production that he's had for years and years, it says it all. And um we played him last year on Thanksgiving night, and once again, I I noticed several times what he did coverage wise was challenging and it was different and um, you always know when you play him that you're kind of looking over your shoulder wondering if what you're seeing is correct because you know he usually is going to break the mold and do something different and uh, that's part of what has made him a great coach.
1: Would you ever play for him if you got a chance?
2: I'm not going to turn down an opportunity to play with a you know future Hall of Fame coach but uh, we'll have to see where March leads it's just a lot of unknowns right now.
0: So I think, Matthew, a lot of people are really picking up and probably distorting. I know this will shock you that football fans would distort something. I'm not going to turn them down. I, I don't think to me that meant if Belichick calls, no matter what you want, Bill, I'm huh, headed yeah. there. No matter – it's just a buck. I I've always loved Atlanta. Get me in the buckhorn area, and I'm in. However, they've had, what, two interviews, Arthur Blank <laughs> – remembers the one Super Bowl, remembers the 28-3 to lead, remembers the other coach, remembers a lot of other kind of blah times in Atlanta. They have talent. They don't have a quarterback. So Belichick, I don't see a scenario where Belichick's going to say, hey, let's move up and take Jaden Daniels. He's going down there to win right away. What would you think of a Belichick, and he's going there to have total control, which is a mistake. They should just put him as the head coach and have a general manager, have, have the two of us be co-general managers because Belichick's general manager skills have eroded. But what, would you, what do you think about the possibility of Belichick-Cousins together in Atlanta?
1: Well, one thing that we don't do very often when we talk about Cousins is put ourselves in his shoes. We always talk about it from the bike will they bring him back as if he doesn't have a choice? But if you're Kirk Cousins and you just got out your little notepad and you wrote down, here are the foundational pieces, the stars, here's everything that I have to work with for the whole roster, not just Justin Jefferson, the whole roster, uh, the Vikings or the Falcons. Let's say the offer is the same. You are going to write down a lot more names for the Falcons right now than you are the Vikings. Try telling me who's playing on the defensive line next year. I don't know. And how are they going to get those players if they pay Kirk Cousins? You know who knows this? Kirk Cousins does. Like I I don't really know what case there is from his perspective to come back here other than play with KOC, play with Justin Jefferson, put up numbers, go 8-9, and lose either in the first round of the playoffs or not in the playoffs at all, and that is your legacy. If I'm Kirk Cousins, I would be looking for a situation that is going to change how people think of me in the same way that it did for Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford was always, hey, he's a great quarterback, but, you know, just whatever. And then now he's a superstar quarterback with a championship ring who is untouchable in in history, right? So it's like Kirk's got to want that. And how many teams could legitimately give him that? By the way, Kirk is also aware of the division. He has to know. The Lions aren't going anywhere. Here come the Bears. Yep. The Packers are already here. I mean, are you going to win four out of six against those teams next year? I don't think so. I think you probably go two and four with if uh, you know the Bears are in good shape, but the Bears give them problems anyway. I mean, if you go to the NFC South and you have Belichick and all the talent they have, they've been drafting high for years, and you look around, and you go, okay, Baker Mayfield, that's not too bad. The Panthers are a disaster. That's great. The Saints, lol, like they're just mediocre. You could win 12 games in that division without even blinking if you have Bill Belichick running that defense, Kirk Cousins, a quarterback, to throw it to Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and Bijan Robinson out of the backfield. I mean, it's just I, – I guess I just can't make sense of how it fits for him to even come back here if he actually wants to win. It would have to be about money or his kid's kindergarten, I guess.
0: And you're also probably with uh, Josh McDaniels as once again Belichick's offensive coordinator. So you're getting a – you're getting a well-known offense coordinator who's been inept as a head coach. Mm-hmm. But when he's Belichick's right-hand man in offense, he's pretty good.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, even Mac Jones had a great season yep. a couple of years ago when McDaniels leaves. No, I mean, I, I, that, that's... As we talk about this whole thing, and it's like, well, are they going to do it? Are they going to do it? It's kind of like there's no reason to stay together for the kids for both of these sides. I mean, it's, a divorce just makes so much more sense for both parties, for the Vikings to move on, and for him.
0: Uh, The Vikings announced in the last, what, 90 minutes or so that they've parted ways with their trainer. Um, Anything to this at all? Normally we don't spend a lot of time on the trainer, but this was a group where they came in and said, we're going to take the right approach. We're going to be different than the Zimmer regime. They had that survey last year where... This organization was rated as the best for players to deal with, and now the trainer they brought in is out of here.
1: Yeah, I'm really surprised by that. Um, Just because of, like you said, it seemed to be a a really good relationship. You don't know what happened behind the scenes. Uh, You also wonder if it was a reaction to the way that some of the injuries were handled this year, but I don't know if that is just – bad luck in the way that some injuries went down or if there was something behind the scenes that certain players weren't happy with or whatever it might have been or just they weren't seeing things the same way. But uh, considering that that was something last year that they touted big time, in fact, they had us come out one day and gave us a whole presentation about how their philosophy has led to success in dealing with player health and then to make a change a year later. But you know how it is in football. It's like if it's, the running game doesn't yeah, work. You fire exactly. the run game coordinator. It's, kind of, it's, it's silly. Like, was, right. Was the hitting coach responsible for yeah, not hitting for right. a month or bad luck? You know what I mean? So, you nailed it. That's for
0: The trainer won yeah. too to me. I mean, we both know some of this is just misfortune. Like, I don't yeah, think yeah. it was the trainer's fault that Kirk backpedaled for the, I don't know, 10 millionth time and planted yeah. and the Achilles. It clearly was the trainer's fault. We all know that. All right, Ben, uh, enjoy your weekend, watch a lot of football, and look forward to chatting with you next uh, Friday. I will do that. Thanks for having me. PurpleInsiderSubstack.com. A big-name Hollywood star has just been indicted on a very serious charge. Who is it? You'll find out at moments on CCO.